It's all quiet in the underground bunker. Doors closed, locks bolted. But the great one isn't just resting on his laurels. He's making sure your weekend is even better by giving you his best. This is the best of Mark Levin. Well, obviously what took place in Buffalo was a horrendous mass murder, crime, and a a race-based slaughter. There's no question about it. And this man is 18 years old, so he's an adult. I don't know if New York has the death penalty or not. But if it does, I mean, I know innocent until proven guilty, but if it does, and he's proven guilty, they ought to try and use it. All the people who suffer is going shopping. The family's devastated. That's why I constantly say we're red-blooded Americans. We're red-blooded Americans, and these racists who are on TV, and they're still at it all weekend long, it's just sickening what the corporate media do. It is just horrendous. The nation is becoming increasingly diverse, due mostly to immigration, but whatever the reason. And so more the need to keep the nation together, more the need to have faith, more the need for the media to conduct itself responsibly. But it won't. In fact, when something like this happens, they go into hyper-attack mode. Now over at Right Scoop... Our buddy Brian has laid out a pretty good case, breaking down what this manifesto says via Tom Elliott. He says, the racist shooter in Buffalo left 10 dead in a grocery store this week and wrote a manifesto before the shooting. In the manifesto, he reveals that he chose his own state of New York in part because of the restrictive gun laws via Tom Elliott. Why did you choose redacted for the place of the attack? This is out of the manifesto. Has the highest black population percentage. He put the zip code and isn't that far away. Plus, New York has heavy gun laws. So would it be easy for me if I knew that any legally armed civilian was limited to 10 round magazines or a number of firearms? I replaced the name of the city to redact it because I prefer that the FBI and local police don't know until the attack has started. After the attack, can somebody switch it over, please? This shows you what, what a head case this guy is. Obviously, the shooter is a racist, and he readily admits it. Are you a fascist? Yes, fascism is one of the only political ideologies that will unite whites against the replacers. Since that is what I see, calling me a fascist would be accurate. Are you a white supremacist? Yes, I would call myself a white supremacist after all. Which race is responsible for the world we live in today? I believe the white race is superior in the brain to all other races. 
Are you a racist? Yes, I'm a racist because I believe in differences of capabilities between races. Are you tolerant? Sure, the vast virtues of a dying nation are tolerance and apathy, and I want none of it. Are you an anti-Semite? Yes, in bold double exclamation mark. I wish all Jews to hell. Go back to hell where you came from, demon. But in reality, a Jew confined to Judea, where he can't spread his people or beliefs, is of no concern to me. It's important to note their proper connection to the Internet that is impossible. In terms of his own political ideology, which he's clearly thought long and hard about, the shooter says he wants nothing to do with conservatism. Rather, he says he thinks of himself more as a socialist authoritarian leftist. In other words, a national socialist of the Hitler kind. Are you a conservative? <coughs> Excuse me. No. Conservatism is corporatism in disguise. I want no part of it. Are you a homophobe, anti-LGBTQ? So he asks himself these questions and then he answers them. I believe that problems involving the LGB, drop the T, are very insignificant if one is actually part of the LGB or LGB group and they are loyal to their people. That's fine with me. Transgenderism, however, is a mental illness and should be addressed as such. Are you right wing, depending on the definition? Sure. Are you left wing, depending on the definition? Sure. Are you a socialist? Depending on the definition. Worker ownership of the means of production, it depends on who those workers are, their intentions, who currently owns the means of production, their intentions, and who currently owns the state and their intentions. Did you always hold these views? When I was 21, I was deep into communist ideology. Talk to anyone from my old high school and ask about me, and you will hear, you will hear that. From age 15 to 18, however, I consistently moved farther to the right. On the political compass, I fall in the mild, moderate, authoritarian left category, and I prefer to be called a populist. Were your beliefs given to you by your family, friends, society, etc.? No, politics was never really discussed in my family or with old friend groups, do you cons- what do you consider white? Those that are ethnically and culturally European. The shooter claims he became a racist during the 2020 pandemic while learning the truth, quote-unquote, from 4chan. I don't know, what is 4chan, Mr. Producer? It's a blogging site? About how the white race is dying out. Was there a particular event or reason you decided to commit to a violent act? Before I begin, I will say that I was not born racist nor grew up to be racist. I simply became racist after I learned the truth. Excuse me, folks. I started browsing 4chan in May 2020 after extreme boredom. Remember, this was during the outbreak of COVID. I would normally browse... Uh, because I'm a gun nut, and because I love the outdoors, and I eventually wound up on whatever. There I learned through infographics, uh, cursing, and memes that the white race is dying out, the blacks are disproportionately killing whites, and the average black takes 700000 from taxpayers in their lifetime, and that the Jews and the elite were behind it all. Of course. Excuse me, folks. From there, I also found other sites like, and I'm not going to name them all. Of course, the Daily Stormer. Remember that one, Mr. Producer, the Nazi site? 
they've always been hooked on me, had me there with a hook nose and a Star David on my chest or on my hat or whatever it was. From there, I also found other sites where I learned the truth. We're doomed by low birth rates and high rates of immigration. Never even saw this information until I found these sites, since mostly I would get my news from wherever. Claims to be a lone wolf, saying he belongs to no group. And this is all his own doing. Turns out last year he underwent a mental evaluation after threatening to shoot at his own high school. The white gunman accused of committing a racist massacre at a Buffalo supermarket, writes the news, made threatening comments that brought police to his high school last spring, but he was never charged with a crime and in no further contact with law enforcement after his release from a hospital, officials said. Law enforcement officials revealed Sunday that the New York State police troopers had been called to the shooter's high school last June for a report that the shooter then 17 had made threatening statements, and it goes on. And they have these red flag laws in, uh, in New York. Apparently, they didn't use it. So, uh, that's some of the background. And, of course, the other side of the country. Um, turns out a Chinese immigrant went into a church um, where there were Taiwanese worshipers. Shot up the place, but the worshippers wound up grabbing him, getting him to the ground, hog-tying him with a telephone wire and so forth. One dead, four critically wounded, one uh, wounded but not critically. And then it all starts. Then it all starts. It must be Fox. It must be Fox hosts. It must be those who want to secure the border and oppose an open border. It must be those who want legal immigration. It must be Trump and the Trump supporters. Biden issues a statement about how America has this hate. America doesn't have hate. We're not defined by the lowest, the lowest among us. And of course, Biden is very selective about who dies and how they die. Because he doesn't view Americans the way, say, we do. Black, white, brown, red, yellow, everything in between as human beings, as Americans, as red-blooded. And so he dehumanizes. And this is part of the problem. When you dehumanize individuals, when you dehumanize babies, when everything's about power politics, and you'll use race, economics, age, religion, anything humanly possible to take advantage and to get advantage over your opponents, as the nation becomes increasingly diverse, this is a huge problem. 
And I think the more that critical race theory is pushed into this society, the more violence we're going to see as well. And as Matt Margolis points out at PJ Media, after ignoring, well, how do you pronounce this? Waukesha. He ignored that. He ignored the racially motivated killing in Waukesha by the guy who, who rode the SUV. See, right, Biden's planned trip to Buffalo stands in stark contrast to his refusal to visit Waukesha, Wisconsin, after a black nationalist supporter of Black Lives Matter drove an SUV through a Christmas parade in a racially motivated attack that killed six people, including an eight-year-old boy. The driver, Daryl Brooks, had previously called for violence against white people and suggested Hitler was right for killing Jews in posts on social media. You notice, Mr. Producer, that whether it's the guy in Buffalo or the guy in Waukesha, it's always the Jews. I'm, I'm just pointing it out. The Jews are behind it. Then White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki claimed that Biden wouldn't be visiting Waukesha because the trip requires a lot of assets, quote-unquote. Wouldn't it be fantastic if we had a president who would stand up and try and unite the people against evil, both domestic and overseas? Wouldn't that be fantastic if we had a president who would communicate that? Rather than look for his opportunity to exploit and expose and do whatever they do on the political left. Wouldn't that be fantastic? Well, we can dream, can't we? Because we don't have such a president. We don't have such a Speaker of the House. We don't have individuals on TV with any sort of compassion or responsibility. Joe Scarborough going on about pushing replacement theory throughout Fox. Eugene Robinson, a leftist at the Washington Post. The Buffalo Killer heard a call to action from Fox News. These are sick comments. Bakari Sellers, political commentator on CNN. This is who we are as Americans. Just shocking. It'll never end. Because people talk like this. In the face of evil. In the face of murder. They don't think twice about the people who've died. They don't know their names. They don't know their families. They're not even interested. They're interested in getting a hand up on the other guy. Mark Levin. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in America with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, much, much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door 
in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. My wife Julie and I decided it was time to add more flowering trees to our landscape, and Fast Growing Tree was a great resource for us. A large selection and no hassle ordering or shipping. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on selected plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEVIN at checkout. L-E-V-I-N. Now that's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using code LEVIN at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code L-E-V-I-N. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Please visit FastGrowingTrees.com for details. Making your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin. Why is our border wide open? How come nobody ever asked the question of the Democrats or the media? Joe Scarborough, as stupid as you are, why are our borders wide open? How come nobody asked that question of the Democrat media? Why are they open? This from Just the News, border enforcement experts are warning that President Biden is harming America's national security with lax border security policies in pursuit of a perceived future political benefit for his party. Do you think that's why the corrupt media in this country will not question this? I think so. On Cinco de Mayo... Biden renewed his call for immigration reform that offers a pathway to citizenship for illegal immigrants residing in the U.S. Can you imagine? So we're going to have amnesty as he brings in more and more illegal immigrants. According to the latest figures, DHS has released more than 756,000 aliens encountered at the southwest border into the United States since Biden became president, not counting 146,000 plus unaccompanied children released by HHS to sponsors and 620,000 aliens who evaded apprehension. Wow. It's a lot of people. Former acting director of U.S. Immigration and Customs Informist Tom Holman, a real patriot. He's mentioned this because they, uh, he says they think they will be future Democratic voters and they don't even have to vote. They've just got to be counted in the census because, remember, they overturned Trump's census rule, too, which is going to result in more seats in the House for the Democrats. Well, what else explains it, ladies and gentlemen? That's why I call it the United States of the Democrat Party. What else explains all these moves they make? The trashing of our institutions, the wide-open borders, the destruction of our economy, inflation, all the rest. Attorney General Merritt Liss Garland recently announced the Department of Justice would allow asylum seekers to cite mental health as a way to qualify for legal status in the U.S., even if they have an aggravated felony on their record. That's a policy change from the past. Mark Morgan, another patriot, served as chief of the U.S. Border Patrol under former President Barack Melhouse Benito Obama, acting commissioner of U.S. Border Patrol, acting director of Immigration and Customs, under former President Trump. Do you want to know why they were all acting? Because the Senate wouldn't act to confirm them. 
He blasted DOJ's rule change for asylum seekers with criminal records. He said every single day, this administration does something that acts as yet another incentive for illegal immigration. And again, why is this so important is as illegal immigration continues to increase, our ability to effectively secure our border decreases. That's why we keep seeing, saying illegal immigration is synonymous with border security, which is synonymous with national security. But yet this is just another example, probably hundreds that we could cite where they're just doing one policy after another to actually encourage and incentivize more illegal immigration. And he said he thinks most Americans would support turning away illegal immigrants with criminal records. Yeah, I think so. Brandon Judd, head of the U.S. Border Patrol Union, slammed the Biden DOJ's decision to adjudicate asylum claims from illegal immigrants with criminal records. If people know they're going to be able to come across our borders and be able to stay and claim a mental health issue and even get a doctor's notice, then that's just going to encourage more people. It's going to make American public less safe. How many people are killed by illegal aliens every year? Do we even keep that statistic? Judd said there are large stretches of the 2,000-mile U.S.-Mexican border that are wide open and drug trafficking is at record levels. Do you notice the media in America do not keep track of all the sex trafficking that's going on on the border? They're no longer interested in cages where kids, where minors are kept. Have you noticed this? They're no longer interested in providing rape statistics. How many MS-13 types come in? They're not interested in any of it. Completely disinterested. The most dire situation right now, Judge says, is the amount of drugs that are coming across our border. Noting in 2021, we had a record number of overdose deaths because of drugs. Those drugs are coming across our southwest border. Joe Biden has never gone to the border, not while he's been president of the United States. He won't go there. Because of what he's created, the mayhem, the misery. The large gaps border in border security allow the cartels to dictate events, according to Judd. They're able to cross large numbers of illegal aliens, which then pulls resources out of the field because Border Patrol then has to respond to these people has to take them in the custody. And when you take them in the custody, then you have to go back to the stations. You have to process those individuals. And when you do that, you leave large stretches of the border completely open. And when the cartels create those opportunities, then they're able to cross our higher value products. Whether that's drugs, criminal aliens, aliens from special interest countries. In other words, they're able to dictate to us what our operations are. He said Biden's policies on the border are far from humane because people are dying. Well, that just doesn't fit into any narrative that the New York Slimes, the Washington Compost, Constipated News Network, MSLSD, and all the other corrupt media wish to regurgitate and project. It just doesn't create the narrative. That's the problem. And so they're not going to report it. Imagine that. Here was a piece I went back in the Atlantic, by, which is a liberal 
magazine or website at this point, and it goes back almost 10 years, December 18, 2012. It's an opinion piece by Diana Sheets and the National Journal in the Atlantic, how demography became the narrative for Obama's 2012 victory. And what's the bottom line in this piece? What's the bottom line? Obama counted on minorities and women to win election and then re-election. And I remember, and I paraphrase, when Obama used to say, or one of them, maybe it was Biden, by 2044, the majority will be the minority, and the minorities will be the majority. And I kept saying, how many times have I said on this program, Mr. Producer, why are they obsessed with this? So many times... So many times. Why are they obsessed with this? Because apparently it was they who were pushing something I didn't even know called replacement theory. It is they. The radicals, the Marxists on the left. Like Latcrit. Which indeed embraces it. So there you have it. So why will Biden visit Buffalo when he didn't visit Waukesha, or he didn't go to the New York subway when all those people were shot, and obviously the shooter's intention was to murder them. And They were both different races, of course. And that's why. It's that simple. It's that, that's why. Cut eight. Corinne Jean-Pierre, I, I believe that's how you pronounce her name. Go. How come the president is visiting Buffalo after a senseless tragedy there, but he couldn't visit Waukesha after six were killed and 61 injured in an attack on a Christmas parade there? I mean, he's visited many communities. Buffalo, he was, we, you know, he was, he's able to go tomorrow to Buffalo uh, uh, before the trip. That is something that was important for him to do. But he has visited many, uh, many other communities. This is not, Buffalo is not the first community, sadly, that he has to go up to. Uh, because of a violent attack. So, you know, that's not that's not the first one. So he's been to many others. But he hasn't been to other mass murders, like the one I mentioned and the attempted mass murder. Why is that? That's not a sufficient answer. Why is that? Maybe Joe Scarborough can tell us. He's got his head firmly implanted in Joe Biden's butt. Mark Levin. You're listening to the best of Mark Levin. The great replacement ideology is indeed a policy of the Democrat Party. They have celebrated. They've spoken of it. Obama has. Biden has. Here's Liz Cheney. Liz Cheney is on a political kamikaze mission. Quote, she tweets, the House GOP leadership has enabled white nationalism, white supremacy, and anti-Semitism. I challenge Liz Cheney here and now, which Republican leaders have enabled white nationalism, white supremacy, and anti-Semitism. Isn't it amazing, folks? We actually have 
out-of-the-closet anti-Semites in Congress. Omar, Talib, Presley, Baker, AOC, I would argue they're all anti-Semites. And yet I don't remember Liz Cheney condemning them or the Democrat Party leadership for enabling them. So Liz Cheney is a narcissistic, self-righteous, political kamikaze. She likes the attention she's getting from the media. It'll even get worse in June when they have their hearings. But she makes these outrageous, outlandish statements. Elise Stefanik, they're trying to attack because Stefanik happily, thank goodness, replaced Cheney. She's an effective leader. Cheney was not. In September, they write, Stefanik ran an advertisement claiming that radical Democrats were planning to grant amnesty to 11 million illegal immigrants. will overthrow our current electorate and create a permanent liberal majority in Washington. Isn't that why the Democrats are doing this? Is there some other reason? Does anybody believe if people coming across the border illegally would potentially be Republicans? That the Democrat Party would support it? I mean, really. And she's right. To equate opposition to illegal immigration with Nazism and white supremacy is a desperate attempt to stoke outrage and avoid covering Joe Biden's border crisis. She's right. Stefanik's one member of the House. She's in leadership, but what is going on in the border? That's all Biden and the Democrat Party. And you know what? It's inhumane. People are dying. People are being sexually abused. Drugs are coming into this country. How many people have died as a result of the Democrat Party and Biden's great replacement ideology? I'm just wondering. And isn't it about time MSNBC and CNN, isn't it about time New York Times and Washington Post that we treat all people with respect, that we stop, you stop, promoting racism and start talking about Americans as Americans, red-blooded Americans all? Isn't it time you do that? No, they won't do it. New York Times has blood on its hands of millions and millions of people in the last century. Millions from Ukraine and Stalin to the Third Reich, Germany, to Castro and Cuba. Replacement theory. Chuck Schumer on the floor of the Senate today. This is a man who is detestable as they come. He threatened two Supreme Court justices for which he's never been punished. Then he tells his mob to go out and threaten the other justices, only the Republicans. Thinks that's a good idea since people protest at his home. Well, federal law talks about the home of judges and justices, not your home, you moron. And then he blames MAGA Republicans and cable news pundits. Any cable news pundits? On MSNBC, Scarborough, Maddow, Hayes, Sharpton, 
Reed? Cross? Any of them? No, 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 he doesn't mean them. CNN? Lemon? Tapper? Blitzer? No, 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 none of them. How about the New York Times editorial page? No. How about the Washington Post? No. No. It's just Fox. And yet the mass murderer said he hates Fox. I may have missed it. Did he say he hated MSNBC, Mr. Producer? Did he say he hated CNN? Did he say he hated socialism? No. Conservatism. So he hates conservatism. He hates Fox. And the American media turned to Fox and American conservatives. They did the same damn thing in the Pittsburgh slaughter. With the slaughter of the Jews there. And then Biden and the Democrat Party ignore the SUV driver. A black nationalist. A supporter of BLM. Doesn't fit the narrative of the Democrat Party. If you're going to call people out, call them out. I remember how long it took to explain how that, that poor gentleman, that Capitol Police officer, was murdered when a car drove into him and crushed him against one of those cement barriers. His wife wrote me and thanked me for telling the American people what took place. Another black nationalist. And look, I detest all this black, white, red. It plays into the hands of the kooks and the extremists and the radicals, and that's what the media in this country do. And they're still doing it. Replacement theory is an ideology that has been promoted by the critical race theory camp. It's been embraced by the Democrat Party and their media. And then you have a horrific murder scene like this. And they blame the very people that this mass murder hates. At least says he hates. It's very weird. It's very strange. And yet there it is. Unfortunately. You have Hakeem Jeffries, who hopes to replace Nancy Pelosi one day. That the GOP needs to change course immediately on white supremacy. The GOP doesn't support white supremacy. Then you have this from Chuck Todd. Cut eight, Mr. Producer. Hat tip, post-millennial go. Look at the way the right tried to weaponize the idea that the the DHS was going to essentially try and attempt to, to monitor hateful rhetoric, right? right. They, they want to make it seem as if it's some sort of big brother. And it's like, this is always what the right does to appease the white supremacist movement by saying, hey, free speech. Don't touch speech. Uh, yeah. What? What business are you in, you buffoon? What are you trying to concoct here? I need to break this down. Play it down one more time, please. Cut eight. Go. Look at the way the right tried to weaponize the idea that the the DHS was going to essentially try and attempt to to monitor hateful rhetoric. 
right? right. They, they want to make it seem as if it's some sort of big brother. And it's like, this is always what the right does to appease the white supremacist movement by saying, hey, free speech. Don't touch speech. Uh, yeah. This is what the right does to appease the white supremacist movement, says free speech. What kind of marbles does this guy have in his head? What does he mean by the right? Constitutionalists who believe in the First Amendment? You dumb, you jackass. You familiar with the Skokie opinion from a very liberal Supreme Court that ruled that the Nazis had the right to march in the middle of a predominantly Jewish neighborhood outside of Chicago, Illinois? You remember that case, ladies and gentlemen? Were they right-wingers who decided that opinion? Should we have been protesting at their homes and trying to influence their decision? Right-wingers? You damn fool. Free speech? Remember the summer of 2020? Clowns like this telling us that rioting, assaulting, burglarizing, arson, even murder was peacefully protesting and protected, of course, under the First Amendment. So now if you defend the First Amendment in free speech, you're doing it, you're doing it to incite the white supremacists, to appease the white supremacists. This is the mindset on MSNBC and NBC. This is presumably why this guy has no audience and he's been downgraded. How stupid does it get? You think white supremacists believe in free speech any more than Marxists do? Any more than Black Lives Matter does? They're all anti-American. It's just terrible. Then we have Don Lemon on CNN yesterday. Cut 10, go. The racism, the literal physical building blocks of America will ultimately be its undoing if we don't face this. Not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. Meaning that you can do something. You can call it what it is. It's racist. It's racism. It is hate. Period. Call out the people who are trafficking in it right now without fear or favor. Without fear or favor? Your network. There, I called it out without fear or favor. Go ahead. Is responsible for this crime. But what is the responsibility to our society in terms of the hate flowing freely on websites and being laundered and mainstreamed on conservative media? What is the responsibility? So there you go. It's conservative media. Of course, CNN has no responsibility for anything. MSNBC, which has a conga line of racists as hosts, in my humble opinion. Not responsible for anything. This Supreme Court leak, the language that's being used, in no way provides a sick person with a basis for committing violence. No, 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 of course not. Of course not. People are sick and tired of this stuff being called white supremacists when they're not white supremacists. You want to call somebody a white supremacist who is? I'm 100% with you. 
You want to call somebody a black nationalist who is or separatist is? I'm 100% with you. 100%. That is, you want to call out the haters and the people who are who are promoting violence? Let's do it. Let's do it. But how do you call them out without free speech, Mr. Producer? Where do we go to call them out? CNN? Is that a joke? The New York Times, is that a joke? I think it is. Mark Levin. The Great One makes your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin. The Biden administration has suspended its phony ministry of truth. Ours, of course, is exquisitely accurate. I will spend some considerable time next time discussing the election results. You've already heard a lot of it, but you haven't heard from me yet. Justice Department requests transcripts from the January 6th committee. So people testify in front of a House committee that is the committee that Pelosi sets up to go after Republicans and the Trump administration and others. They know exactly what they're planning on doing. They are a front operation for the Department of Justice. They get around protections that exist in the Constitution and federal criminal law. And now you see how tyranny works. And now you see how our tyrannical media work. The Justice Department has asked the House Committee investigating January 6th attack for transcripts of interviews it is conducting, which have, this is how it's reported, which have included discussions with associates of former President Donald J. Trump, according to people with knowledge of the situation. So the endless leaks just continue. The move coming as Attorney General Merrick B. Garland appears to be ramping up the pace of his painstaking investigation into the Capitol riot. You see, the media is getting frustrated. They want action now. It's the clearest sign yet of a wide-ranging inquiry at the Justice Department. And when it comes to Russia collusion and dorm, they don't say painstaking investigation, wide-ranging inquiry. The House Committee has interviewed more than 1,000 people so far. Isn't that ridiculous? And the transcripts could be used, listen, as evidence in potential criminal cases to pursue new leads or as baseline text for new interviews conducted by federal law enforcement officials. That is exactly what the plan is and has been. Exactly. Aides to Representative Benny Thompson, Democrat of Mississippi and the chairman of the committee, have yet to reach a final agreement with the Justice Department on what will be turned over, according to a person with knowledge of the matter, who spoke on the condition of anonymity because of the confidential nature of the investigations. But he leaked. Or she leaked. And they always do, whether it's the Supreme Court or somewhere else, because they work with the media. They're trying to frame the narrative with their buddies, their friends, their cohorts, their comrades in the corrupt media. On April 20, Kenneth A. Polite, Jr., the Assistant Attorney General for the Criminal Division, 
That is Biden's guy. And Matthew M. Graves, the U.S. Attorney for the District of Columbia, that is Biden's guy, wrote that Timothy J. Heapy, the lead investigator for the House panel, advising him that some committee interviews, quote, may contain information relevant to a criminal investigation we are conducting, unquote. Mr. Polite and Mr. Graves did not indicate the number of transcripts they were requesting or whether any interviews were of particular interest. In their letter, they made a broad request asking the panel, quote, provide to us transcripts of these interviews and of any additional interviews you conduct in the future. Because they're using this committee, and the committee is using the Department of Justice in ways that violate the liberty of individuals, the rights of individuals that have been painstakingly put in place over the history of this country. The Justice Department investigation has been operating on a separate track from the committee's work, they write. Generally, investigators work on the two inquiries have not been sharing information, except for at times communicating to ensure that a witness is not scheduled to appear before different investigators at the same time, according to a person with knowledge of the inquiries. Do you know why they put this out, America and Mr. Producer? Because they've heard what I've been saying. There's no joke. They've heard what I've been saying. That these guys are working together. Oh, no, we haven't. Still on separate tracks. We only communicate now and then. If and when Kevin McCarthy becomes the Speaker of the House, they're going to have to investigate why Nancy Pelosi failed to take steps to protect the Capitol building on January 6th, including entreaties from the White House to provide National Guardsmen. Why she failed to muscle up the Capitol Police Force. Why she failed to call in more Metro Police that would have assisted her. We need to know all this. But we also need to know the extent to which these members on this committee have been working with and leaking to media outlets. And we also need to know the extent to which this committee has been working with, hand in glove, the United States Department of Justice Criminal Division. Because that's not their job. And when people go there and testify in secret and under oath, They're not testifying in front of a federal grand jury. They're not testifying with the usual protections that an individual receives. No, they're being told don't lie, because then we'll refer to the Department of Justice, of course. But they're also being told this is a legislative proceeding, not a criminal proceeding. And look at the extent to which this report knows what's going on. Thus far, the Justice Department's investigation has focused more on lower-level activists who stormed the Capitol than on the planners of the attack. But in recent weeks, Mr. Garland has bolstered the core team tasked with handling the most sensitive and politically combustible elements of the inquiry. Several months ago, the department quietly detailed a veteran federal prosecutor from Maryland, Thomas Windham, To the department's headquarters, he's overseeing the politically fraught question of whether a case can be made related to other efforts to overturn the election, aside from the storming of the Capitol. That task could move the investigation closer to Mr. Trump and his inner circle. This is so completely out of control. So completely out of hand. Prosecutors have begun asking for records about people who organized or spoke at several pro-Trump rallies. 
after the 2020 elections, as well as anyone who provided security at those events and about those who were deemed to be VIP attendees. What if I had chosen to attend and I didn't attack the Capitol or anything like that, Mr. Producer? I would be in their eyes, right? They're also seeking information about any members of the executive and legislative branches who may have taken part in planning or executing the rallies or tried to, quote, obstruct, influence, and Peter delay, unquote, the certification of the election. Wait a minute. To obstruct, influence, or Pete, the delay, the certification of the election? What the hell does that mean? You have a right to challenge what took place. That's pretty ambiguous, very broad. And the Democrats have done this every election cycle. In fact, they're already poised not to accept the results of the midterm elections. Justice Department's request for transcripts underscores how much ground the House committee has covered and the unusual nature of a situation where a well-staffed congressional investigation has obtained testimony from key witnesses before a grand jury investigation. That is, they've gotten information from key witnesses before there was a grand jury investigation. This is intentional. Where are all the backbenchers when you need them? Where the hell are they? (laughs) The House committee made up of seven Democrats and two Republicans. Two Republicans chosen by Pelosi. Never before done. Is led by Mr. Thompson and Dizzy Lizzie Cheney. One of only two House Republicans to embrace an increase scrutinizing the actions of their own party. Right. And how many Democrats want to scrutinize the failure of Nancy Pelosi? Not one. The panel has about 45 employees, including more than a dozen former federal prosecutors and two former U.S. attorneys, and is spending more than $1.6 million per quarter. The committee has obtained documents and testimony from a wide range of witnesses. Now, why did they bring these criminal prosecutors in, ladies and gentlemen? Why did they do that? Because they were conducting criminal investigations. That's why, again, in violation of the separation of powers and without proper notification of the people they dragged into these processes. The witnesses have included White House lawyers, Justice Department officials, security officers, members of the National Guard, staff members close to Vice President Mike Pence, members of Mr. Trump's personal legal team. That is unheard of. Republicans who participated in a scheme to put forward pro-Trump electors from states won by Joe Biden. Scheme? Our history, I guess, is filled with such, quote-unquote, schemes. Mr. Trump's own family members and the leaders of right-wing militia groups. At least 16 Trump allies have signaled they will not fully cooperate with the committee. Well, they shouldn't. Certainly not under these circumstances. 
Faced with such resistance, investigators on the panel have taken a page out of organized crime prosecutions and have quietly turned at least six lower-level Trump administration staff members into witnesses who provided information about their boss's activities. You hear that? There's two criminal investigations going on. One that is simply unconstitutional and the other that's going to be illegal when the unconstitutional one feeds information to the illegal one. But the problem is you're in Washington, D.C., where you got a bunch of left-wing kook judges. Some of these witnesses, including an aide to Mark Meadows, the former White House chief of staff, have provided critical information. And look how the information's being peeled out to the media. The committee's also tried to obtain testimony from Republican members of Congress. This is unheard of. And it issued subpoenas to five lawmakers last week. These members have denigrated the panel's work, listen to this, but have declined to say whether they would participate in the interviews, which are scheduled for the end of May. One of the lawmakers, Representative Jim Jordan of Ohio, said he received a subpoena on Monday and was reviewing it. They leaked these subpoenas to the media before the members got the subpoenas. Mr. Garland and his top aides have been careful about not disclosing their investigative methods, and they have sought to emphasize their impartiality and limited public comments about the investigation. Oh, right. And the New York Times broke the story about the uh, Department of Justice asking for uh, transcripts. Unfortunately, everything I was concerned about, everything I told you about has happened and is happening in a horrific way. And I want the people in Wyoming to understand that Liz Cheney has participated in this rogue Stalinist process. And she is supported by, supported by Republicans. The, the former Republican governor of North Carolina who lost to Ted Budd last night said, he's a Reagan conservative, he's an Eisenhower conservative. No, he's not. He's a Ford, Nixon, Rockefeller Republican. He's a Ford, Nixon, Rockefeller Republican, which even Reagan rejected. And the Reagan Library, which has been taken over by the man who runs the damn Washington Post. And on the board that I looked at, he's got a bunch of financial people he's appointed to it. Make sure he doesn't ever lose that position. He's destroying the Reagan legacy. He's turning it into the Ford, Nixon, Rockefeller legacy. That's why he wants Liz Cheney speaking there and Ben Sass speaking there. And our buddy Carl Rove. Not real solid conservatives. I'm a Reagan conservative. But I'm also a Trump conservative. I don't see the contradiction. Particularly after four years of solid conservative presidential decisions by Donald Trump. Far more conservative and solid and Reaganite than the two Bushes. That's for sure. When you read Unfreedom of the Press, those of you who did you will realize just how corrupt Washington, D.C. is, the Democrat Party, the press, and the Department of Justice. You will realize that what Nixon did in Watergate doesn't even come close to what Lyndon Johnson did with the CIA and the FBI and the IRS. doesn't even come close. But they liked his agenda. You learned, or will learn if you read it, the corruption in the John Kennedy administration, how they used the IRS and the FBI against their enemies, 
and how the Washington Post and Newsweek participated in it. You will learn about Franklin Roosevelt and how he used the IRS against Andrew Mellon. For 10 years investigated that man, and he was clean. Even the federal judge involved in that case couldn't believe it. And how they worked together with the media and the Department of Justice and the IRS. How they worked with the media, the Department of Justice, and their fellow Democrats in Congress. And they're doing it right now. They're doing it right now with the January 6th committee. Same damn press. Department of Justice. White House. Democrat Party. It's Donald Trump who deserves an apology for what they did to him with Russia collusion. And Christie and Larry Hogan and this Fred Ryan who runs the Reagan Library, CEO of Washington Post, they're not Reaganites. They never were Reaganites. Just because they're around the Reagans and the Reagan Library. No, no. They're of the Ford-Nixon-Rockefeller wing of the Republican Party, which is trying to make a comeback through the Bushes and the Cheneys and the other losers. Mark Levin. We're giving you nothing but the best, the best of Mark Levin. See, the way this works, America... The American Marxists, when it comes to the economy, are socialists. Now, I have disputed those who call this overall socialism because it's Marxism, but their economic plan is different than their cultural plan and so forth and so on. You can't call a cultural plan socialism. It's Marxism. And it gave birth to socialism from an economic perspective. Now that said, you'll see what's happening. You're living it. Prior to Joe Biden uh, being ensconced in the Oval Office, you had these various sectors of the economy, the industrial economy, that were fairly effective and efficient. They were working. The production of oil and gasoline, we were energy independent. The production of electricity, very rare brownouts and blackouts. You saw steel mills working, iron mills working, the securing of the border, all these things going on in the nation. Now here's the thing. What these... Marxists, with their socialist economic policies do, is they drain these systems that were built by capitalists prior to these socialists having power or widespread power. So they drain the oil reserves, the strategic oil reserves. They didn't produce it, they drain it. So they, they use the oil and gas systems that were created prior to them taking power, they use them up. They devour them, if you will. They drain them. And you can look at the food chain and other chains when it comes to uh, the supply chain 
of what's taking place. Fertilizer shortage. I can go on and on and on. Here's the point. The point is that depending on the product and depending on the industry, there's a period of time when the movement from free market capitalism to totalitarian socialism is not felt by you. Because they're still, if you will, eating the feed grain, the seeds. And so you don't notice it for a little while. In some areas you won't notice it for a long while. In some areas you'll notice it rather quickly. They unleash such a, an aggressive and brutal assault on our domestic energy production that you're feeling it immediately. It's been rising the price of gasoline ever since Joe Biden took office. Long before the genocidal maniac Putin invaded Ukraine. And again, you can see with the strategic oil reserve, you can see how they have drained the resources of the Border Patrol and ICE in a way that does not empower them or enable them to secure the border and protect the country. You can see how they do this with health care. And on down the road, different products, different industries, different services, the socialist economic policies benefit for a period of time from what was already established under the capitalist system. But then at some point, that capitalist system either doesn't produce or doesn't produce adequately or efficiently or enough what is necessary. And that's why they're going to have brownouts and blackouts in California and other parts of the country. It's going to spread. It's just a matter of time. We're living off, as I said, of the inventiveness, the creativeness, the production of past capitalist endeavors. The entire grid is based on that. And then you have the ideologues who come in and destroy them, attack them. And that's what you're seeing in our country. And at the same time, at the same time when they're trying to create this massive federal leviathan beyond what already exists, and promising free things to people who haven't earned them, Free things to people who are newly in the United States by the millions. Well, you can't, you can't actually produce that kind of wealth in order to keep up with the imaginations, the ideologies, the, the policies of these Marxists. So you just print money. You just keep printing money. You keep borrowing. You keep spending, and what the hell? The government has to pay itself back, so who cares? Right? And because you don't believe in history, Marx did not believe in history other than to condemn it. The world begins today, so even though you've seen in the past how 
such spending absolutely destroys countries. It destroyed Germany. Countries like Zimbabwe, Venezuela, which had uh, enormous, and still does, oil reserves, but can't get them the hell out of the ground. None of that matters. Because we don't care about history, and even if we did, those people just didn't know how to implement Marxism generally and socialism specifically. We have the people who can do it, don't you know? But you're starting to see the consequences of it, shortages. When you have a war on capitalism and a war on these specific industries, products and services, you can't really fight back. You can't fight back against government regulations and government taxation and government enforcement and penalties and imprisonment and all the rest. You're just a company or you're just an individual or you're just an entrepreneur. You're just a, you're just a customer or a consumer. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Because the real robber barons today are in the federal government. They have all the power. They have all the power. There's nothing in the economy that doesn't have some form of taxation or regulation. Nothing. With an all-powerful governmental fist. And anything that might just be out there that I haven't thought of, they will and they'll grab it. They will and they'll grab it. Look what's happening to the stock market. All of you who have private sector pensions of one form or another are affected by the stock market. That's where your money is. In one form or another to some degree or another. That's where your money is. It's getting clobbered. You know where people put their money if they wanted to be safe other than precious metals and gems and coins and so forth? In government treasuries, in government notes. So the money moves from the private sector, from shareholders in the stock market, the engine of our capitalist system, investing in all these businesses, to the government. The money moves from the market to funding the government. That's what treasuries are all about. That's what these government instruments, financial instruments are all about. Oh, I can be safe now. I'll just buy some treasuries. And that's true to some extent. I'll put the money there. That way I'm not dealing with the stock market. And besides, the government's now paying me more interest than I can earn in the stock market, private sector. And that's a problem. Because you can't have economic growth that way. Tell me this. Name one proposal. One proposal. That the Democrats have made that would grow our economy. One proposal that would grow our economy. Now, we already saw last month the economy is contracting. But, you know, none of these statistics probably matter to you because you see it in your own lives that the economy is contracting. That your salary, your income, whatever source, pension, whatever it is, cannot keep up with the cost of living. 
even though they have they have fixed quote unquote the cost of living figures to to not properly reflect the impact the government's having. And so what I'm saying is, you see what's happening with gasoline prices. You see what's happening with food prices. You see what's happening with shortages. And it's only going to get worse. There's literally nothing the Democrats in Congress or in the executive branch are doing to improve the circumstances and the environment. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing when it comes to energy. And that's the key. Nothing. And they still have a mindset, the more you spend, the less it creates inflation. Seriously? No wonder Joe Biden had to plagiarize in law school in order to pass a test. He's just too dense. Too stupid. Even when he had all of his wits. To understand how the world works. Because he was on the government payroll the vast majority of his life. As have most of these people been. As most of them have been. 